Welcome to the Multi-Purpose Room, a podcast helping school organizations and school administrations achieve their goals. Each episode discusses real-life topics that PTAs, PTOs, and school staff are dealing with. Our hosts and guests offer practical tips, learnings, and best practices to achieve their desired outcomes. Here are your hosts, Wesley and Deborah Jones. I think we can all agree that the last year has been challenging and that our educational system has changed dramatically. Teachers and school administrators have had to adjust to a new way of teaching and providing educational support. One area that has gotten a lot of attention recently is how to meet children's social and emotional needs in this new world. For schools that are remote, there used to be school counselors accessible to students and teachers used to be able to see when a child needs some extra attention, but that is much more difficult for those schools now. Even schools that are in person are having to deal with this challenge because for all of us, there's just more stress in the country generally. There's more stress at home with parents being more stressed out. And so children's emotional needs have actually been heightened. As a result, schools are focusing a lot of resources on this area, but they're also getting a lot of questions from parents. Today's guest has a unique way of partnering with schools to address some of these emotional needs that the children have. It's one that I haven't heard of before, but I love because it's unique and creative. And it also is the remedy to the Zoom fatigue that is sweeping through anybody who is still in a Zoom school situation. Welcome, Jared Campbell. It's great to be here with you. Absolutely. So, Jared. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. So I never set out to be a school speaker. I found a love for music. When I hit sixth grade, I got my very first guitar under the Christmas tree. and My life was forever changed. And I knew from that moment that I wanted to be a musician. And uh, all through middle school and high school, I just knew that that was going to be what I knew that I was going to be a musician. And you could go back, go back and ask any of my teachers. They would have all told you the same thing. He's going to grow up to be a musician. So that's what I set out to become. I set out to make a name for myself in the music industry, to travel and to hopefully someday get that almighty record deal. And so my career started out in that fashion of just, you know, playing gigs and playing shows and meeting people and fans. And I got to play with some great musicians over the years. A lot of amazing singer songwriters like Jason Mraz and Gavin DeGraw and Matt Nathanson. I got to open up for really killer bands like Journey in front of like 25,000 people. It was awesome. And I thought, wow, this is exactly what I wanted to do with my life. But in the height of my career, in the height of everything going really well, I had received news that a kid from my hometown, from the school district that I grew up in, an eighth grader took his life. Now, I didn't know this kid. I didn't know his name. I didn't know the the backstory or what the reasoning was. But something like quickened inside of me and I was, I just felt like I have to do something. Like I, I lost a friend to suicide when I was younger and I remember how bad that really rocked my life. And I had looked at all these songs that I had written over the years. And a lot of my songs were meant to be songs of encouragement, meant to build people up and, you know, get people focused on the good things in life. It's always easy to focus on the negative things in life, but you know, my music's always kind of been that feel good vibe. And I thought, you know what, maybe I'll go into a school And I'll play these songs and I'll talk to students about why I wrote these songs and hopefully be an encouragement. So I met with a principal of a high school 
And I said, Hey, you know, would you be up for doing a concert at your school? I don't know why he said yes, but he said yes. And uh, all the students packed into the auditorium and I put on a concert. Like that's what I was doing. I was just putting on another show. But at the end of that show, I had a bunch of teachers and students alike coming up to me saying, you know, that was the best assembly we've ever had. And I was like, it wasn't an assembly. It was a concert. But uh, quickly I learned that, nope, that's what you call a concert during the school day. It's an assembly. And, you know, that one school told another school and they told another school. And, you know, it just the first couple of years, I mean, I only played a handful of schools because that wasn't really my main focus. I really thought success to me at that point was, yo, get the, get the record deal, get your name out there, you know, and, um, quickly my focus began to shift as I started to see the impact that these songs were having in schools and the stories. And, um, now it's, uh, now it's my whole life. Now it's all I do. And, uh, high schools, middle schools, and elementary schools, mainly elementary schools these days. But, um, I speak to, uh, I speak to everybody from preschool all the way up to seniors in high school. And uh, it's really, um, it's a lot of fun. It's brought me, um, you know, that, that sense of what I thought success was supposed to be. It's brought me that fulfillment on what I was looking for. Never got the record deal, but I'm okay with that, you know, cause I'm, I'm doing what I love and I feel like I'm doing what I was, was called to do, you know? That's such a cool story. And, you know, I will attest to the fact that when I think of assemblies, I don't think of music. And when I think of concerts in the school setting, I think of the kids putting on a concert in the evening, right? So to your point, anything that kind of happens during that school day where the children gather is an assembly. But when I think of assemblies, I think back to hard benches, tons of information being thrown my way. And frankly, I probably can't remember a single event from an assembly or anything that stands out in my mind. And I think that speaks to why there is some fatigue around them, especially if you're doing it in a virtual way. So you've done something very different. And I love how you've spiced them up. How do you get people engaged at these assemblies? I mean, so I'm a musician. So it's first off, it's very different from just someone coming and, and t- you know, typically, you know, giving a lecture of sorts or just talking at students. I mean, I show up with a guitar and, you know, especially for elementary school kids, when, when they walk into an assembly and they see a guitar set up and a microphone, like they're hooked from the beginning. Now, I will admit that high school students, it's hilarious to watch because it happens every single time. When high school students walk into to my assemblies, they all walk in the exact same way. Arms are folded and they're like, all right, prove it to me. You know, they're like, I got to I got to win them over, basically. And uh, because they all think they're in for something lame, they see the guitar and they the first thing they think is like Kumbaya or like, oh, what corny songs are they going to throw at us today? And, you know, really, when I reach high school students, I talk to them like I would, you know, it's funny when I started playing in schools, I was in my like early to mid twenties and I felt like I was these students, like older brother, you know what I'm saying? Like I would come in, I I really, I felt like I was an older brother there to kind of help them along. Now I just kind of feel like the uncle, you know, I mean, yes, there's an age gap, but I still talk to them, you know, in the place where they're at in the stage of life where they're at. And it's funny because, you know, Deborah, you have mentioned how, you know, you go sit through an assembly in school and years passed and you're like, I don't even remember what any of that was about. The greatest joy in my life is when I get these emails or Instagram messages or Facebook messages from students and they will say something like, 
this is actually funny because this happened. I was visiting a school two years ago and I got an email the day I was visiting that school. I got an email from a student that I had played for at that same district 10 years before. And this was the email. Hey, Jared, you came to my high school 10 years ago. You played a song called Life is Good. That song has stuck with me through high school, through college. I've graduated college and now I've got a career and that song is still with me today. And I, and I was literally getting ready to walk into that exact same school district that day, 10 years later to get a message like that. So I think the big difference is music has a way of getting deep inside of you, especially when you connect with music on a very personal level. That's the hope of all my songs. I hope that all these songs that I play for these students that they can connect to, because if they make that connection through the song, it'll stick with them forever. So I've gotten lots of messages like that over the years. And that's uh, one of the greatest joys of doing what I do is to know that it is sticking, you know? So speaking of connecting, right, we found you on a Facebook group of somebody, parents talking about virtual assembly ideas, right? So you were connecting with people and students in person, but you're also doing this now online. So talk to us a little bit more about like, how are you connecting and how are you doing your assemblies online and still being able to connect and and impact? And that's a great question because if you had asked me a year ago, hey, do you think you can take your program virtually? I would have said, absolutely not. Because my whole my whole lifeblood behind my program was connecting with students. And I felt like the only way I could do that was face-to-face. You know, when you play a show and they're sitting in front of you and you see the emotion on their face or they come up to you in tears at the end of a show talking about their life and their struggles and like, wow, that's a, that's a major connection that you can make. So to think, how do you translate that virtually? A year ago, I would have told you, I don't think it could happen. And a year ago, when schools all had to close down, I had this thought, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? That's it. I'm done. And then I was like, you know what? I can't be done. I, t- I talk to students all the time about persevering and pushing through challenges. This is going to be my challenge and I'm going to persevere. I went out and I bought a webcam. And of course, a normal webcam that would cost you $35 during the spike of COVID cost me $150. But I bought, I bought a, a cheap little webcam and I set it up in my studio and I thought, I'm going to do virtual assemblies. I don't know if anybody's going to be interested, but I'm going to do it. And honestly, between April, May, and June of, of the end of the last school year, I did like 50 schools and it was amazing. And here I was in my studio with this like, you know, chintzy little webcam, horrible Wi-Fi. Like something, I remember one school, my Wi-Fi was kind of getting weak and I was like, stay with me, kids, stay with me, kids. But, you know, when the summer hit, I knew that I had to prepare for the upcoming school year in a way that was primarily going to be virtually. So I revamped my whole studio. I got a mesh Wi-Fi system in the house. So we're cooking on, you know, gas. And, uh, you know, I, I went out and I bought the right gear and I got the right setup to give schools the most professional look I possibly could. But when you talk about connecting with students, it's different than being with them face to face. But what I'm finding, you know, Deborah, you were talking about that Zoom fatigue. What I'm finding in the, in the responses that I'm getting from schools is teachers and principals and PTA alike writing to me saying, our kids zone out day in and day out with their classes, with all the curriculum that we're throwing at them. Cause you know, it's all, you know, on a screen, but they'll say to me, like during your assembly, they were so hooked. Like they were like hooked on every word and every song that you were playing. And I was like, man, that's amazing. Cause I can't see them on the other side, but to know that they're connecting in that way is phenomenal. And so 
Um, you know, I don't know what the, the secret sauce is, but, you know, I try to make every assembly I do very personal to the school, given the classroom shout outs and the teachers are messaging me in real time during the show. And, uh, you know, if there's a kid's birthday, you know, we'll get an email in, hey, it's Aaliyah's birthday and I'll give her a little, you know, noisemaker, whatever we got going and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just you try to make it the most personal experience you can. And I think that connection, it comes through, you know, and even though. I might be playing for kids on the other side of the world. I hope that at the end of the show, they feel like they've gained a new friend and uh, found some new songs they can jam to. That's fantastic. So you're creating that in-person experience as best you can by, you know, connecting personally with the classes and the kids, which is really cool. You've, You've talked about how you've played elementary, middle, high school. Kids in those age groups are really different. I mean, you even mentioned how the teenagers walk in with their arms crossed, but we have a six-year-old, so a first grader, and then a tween. And even just how we connect with them is very different. So how do you connect with elementary schools versus high schoolers? Like, I'm sure you're adjusting something. Yes, different hats for sure. You know, um, there, in my travels before, when I was visiting schools, um, there were lots of times where I would actually go to a school district, which would be maybe a smaller school district. And I would do three to four shows in a day, but I would play like a primary show for like pre-K through second grade. Then I would do like a third through fifth grade show. Then I would do a middle school show. Then I would do a high school show all in one day. So like in one day I had to play for preschoolers through seniors in high school. And so every show, it's almost like putting on a different hat, but I have different songs that are, um, you know, really, I really try to target my writing towards, you know, who's going to be listening. And, uh, when I'm walking into a high school or when I'm playing a high school or middle school virtually, I have to know that that preconceived notion is that, okay, this is going to be lame. Like from their aspect, they're probably thinking this is going to be something I'm not going to be able to relate to. It's not going to speak to my life. Um, and so I've got that wall to climb right from the start, but I have, um, I've written so many songs that are real life story songs. So basically stories that I've heard on my, on my travels on the road of people's lives that are inspirational, that are, you know, just very motivating. I've turned those stories into songs. And what I do is I I spit those stories out for students to hear, for them to understand, A, you're not alone. Like if you're dealing with struggles in your life and challenges that you feel like you need to overcome, here's a story or here's, you know, a, a personal experience from somebody else out there in the world that's gone through the same kind of thing. And here's how they've come out on the other side. So they're, they're gaining that perspective of, okay, I'm not alone in my struggle. And then B, it's really uh, every single day, it's just getting them to understand that you take it one day at a time. You know, whether you're dealing with anxiety, depression, um, feeling left out or feeling lonely, all those, you know, all the, the range of emotions. Uh, if you just, if you try to, you know, tackle your life in, in one big bite, you're going to feel overwhelmed. But when you do take it day by day, you find people in your life you can communicate with and talk with that can help you along the way. It's just a one at a, you know, a day by day process. So almost getting them to slow down a little bit. You know, I feel like sometimes when students are in the middle school or high school range, they feel like they got to have their whole life figured out. You know, and it's like, you know, as adults, we look at them, we're like, hey, you, you haven't even begun. Take this time to find out what your passion is. Take this time to find out what makes you tick. You know, take this time to find out what, what you don't like and, and don't feel like you got to have, especially seniors in high school, what a mounting pressure they are up against by the end of their senior year to somehow have their life figured out. 
They got to know what college they're going to, exactly what degree they're going to walk out with, what kind of job they're going to have, who they're going to marry, how many kids they're going to have. It's like, dude, you don't have to figure, you don't have to have all that figured out by the time you walk across the stage to get your diploma. And sometimes they just need somebody to be like, it's all right, just stop for a minute and just breathe. You know, so you got students in that range, but then you got kindergartners who want to grow up and take over the world. It's awesome. I love talking to kindergartners about what they want to be when they grow up because their answers are amazing. They want to grow up and take over the world. They want to be, you know, the president and an astronaut. They think of when I was in kindergarten, I wanted to be Chuck Norris. He was the coolest thing back in the eighties, you know? So I think kids want to be the coolest thing that they can think of. Um, You guys are, I can't remember. uh, Are people going to be able to see this podcast? I know we're looking at each other right now. Will they be able to see us? No, they will not be able to see us cracking up in the background. (laughs) I'm going to give you a treat. Are you ready? Here was me in kindergarten. So that's me in kindergarten. Oh, that's amazing. And this is what I tell students when, when, when I talk to students about what I wanted to be in kindergarten, I tell them straight up, dude, when I was in kindergarten, I knew exactly what I wanted to be. I wanted to be Chuck Norris. <laughs> I give him a little bit of that. <laughs> so there is now a Chuck Norris head on Jared's young kindergarten body <laughs> for those <laughs> listeners. You got to try your best to paint that picture, but they won't get the full effect. It's, it's amazing. amazing. But you know, um, so kindergartners have all this energy for life. And they want to take over the world. And as students grow from kindergarten up through upper elementary, middle school, and high school, a lot of times I see those dreams of taking over the world and growing up to be something awesome. I see those dreams begin to diminish a little bit. And I think a lot of times is as you grow up, life happens, you know, you're in middle school and you've got a lot of stresses that you didn't have when you were in kindergarten, high school, you got all kinds of drama surrounding you that you didn't have when you were in kindergarten. And so it's about kind of reaching all the students, the level that they're at along the journey. And I've played enough schools to kind of have a finger on the pulse of the mindset of kids, you know, whether they're fourth graders or 11th graders, you know, and be able to just kind of relate to them. They just want somebody real to talk to, you know, not somebody who's going to try to sell them a, a, a bag of goods, you know, like they, they want to know that there's somebody out there on the other side who, who's going to listen to their story and who's going to understand where they're coming from. You know, I think that's the biggest thing kids need. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Are there specific topics that you hit at certain ages or does it just depend on the the school and kind of that information you get beforehand? No, definitely. When I, when I reach um, out to the different grade levels, you know, the young students, the um, primary age group, whether it's pre-K through second or third grade, there's a main focus on just character education, just teaching them to be good humans, you know, respect, kindness, compassion, being a good friend, doing the right thing, you know? So all my songs are really focused around that of just making them understand that being the nice kid is actually fun and cool. And like, you know, upper elementary school, as we get into like third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade, I really challenge them on the difference they can make in their school and in their community. I've got a couple songs. One is called change the world. Another one's called make history. You know, two different songs, but very similar themes that I play for that age group of, hey, you can change the world. You can make history, but, you know, it, it starts with the people around you. It starts with your family and your school and your community. And, and then you break out from there. But if you learn how to make a difference in the lives of those people around you, that's how you really begin to make a difference in the world. And, you know, because I think um, uh, upper elementary school kids, they want to know that they have a voice and um, that they have a purpose, you know. When I get into middle school, I would say my middle school and my high school shows are similar, Um, you know, in that when I'm reaching them, I might play the exact same songs, 
for middle school and high school, but I'll talk to them differently, you know, because sixth and seventh graders are different than seniors in high school. And you can kind of be a little goofier with the middle school crowd. You might have to tone it back a little bit with high school, but you know, they, they still don't mind a good joke thrown in there and lighten the mood. But with middle school and high school, the focus is really around uh, being resilient, understanding that life's going to throw some stuff your way that you might not expect it. You might have challenges and struggles you didn't see coming. And when you find yourself in a place of struggle, how do you make it through? Um, I was the, the, the main highlight between middle school and high schools when I first go to, you know, cause a lot of times if I go to a school more than once, I'll play a different show every time I come different songs and different stories. But when I first visit a school, it's about being resilient and it's about understanding that we get through our struggles and we become indestructible, not on our own, but with the help of others. Um, there's a, a real strong theme of just people needing people you know, and understanding that, you know, if you're struggling, you're not alone and there's other people out there that you can help. Even in the midst of your struggle, you can help other people. And actually by helping other people in that struggle, it will make you stronger. You know, I deal a lot with the bully prevention or just self-esteem. I had a young girl come up to me at the end of a middle school assembly telling me that she was bullied horribly and she was feeling down and she was looking for a way to get back up. And so she was in this place of struggle. And I told her, I said, hey, if you want to get back up, the best thing you can do is go back into your school today and find somebody that you can build up. Even in this place of feeling at such a low point in your life, by building someone else up, you will notice a change in yourself. And so that's the big thing. It's like we all have struggles and we're all going through stuff, but we're all meant to help each other along in that way, too, you know? For for the school that decides they want to do something like this, have a virtual assembly or performance like this, um, how give us some ideas. How how would we fund this? How how have schools normally paid for this? I you might have some ideas for schools. Yeah, well, you know, so I'm in the state of New York, and in the state of New York, we have an arts and education program through an organization called uh, BOCES. Don't ask me what it stands for, B O C E S, but. Uh, the 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 arts and organ excuse me arts and education program within this organization is actually just a whole bunch of state aid for schools to tap into to have arts programs brought in and this can fall under the category of music like myself dance or dramas um, even authors or painters or you know basically anyone coming in to do a service within the realm of the arts that's going to be reaching the students so like in the state of New York if a school wants to book my program, they can put a request in through arts and education and how, and how it works. This is, here's the great thing. I wish every state had this, but in New York, like if you book it through arts and, and education, you pay the amount upfront, whatever that amount is that's agreed upon. And then at the end of the school year, you get 80% back, just about 80% back from state aid. So it's almost like you create a revolving door and every year you're bringing in um, programs for your school. And yes, you're, you're going to pay up front. But as you kind of get that snowball moving, you know, you're going to be getting that state aid back at the end of the year. So that's back in your pocket to afford a program for the following year. It's such a great program. And I don't, I'm not sure of other states that do that type of program, but it's definitely worth looking into. So like, let's say if you're the state of Tennessee, you can easily do a Google search of, arts and education, Tennessee, and just see what's out there and do some digging. Because I think a lot of times PTAs totally put it on their own shoulders and they, it's, we got to fundraise, we got to sell candy bars, we got to, you know, sell the candles or whatever we're doing and try to 
uh, really, you know, bear the, the burden of it all when there may very well be some state aid out there. Other states that I've worked with, like Vermont, have great programs where you might have, uh, depending on, you know, what type of school district you fall into socioeconomic wise, you might have programs that really look to encourage students. Maybe it's in a, it's in a track of like their future when it comes to college and career. So like in Vermont, there's a whole program set up to encourage students that have families that have never gone to college. They've never put them into, uh, any kind of career path, you know, they're, they're trying to reach these students to kind of start dreaming about what they could be, not just fall into what everybody else in my family line has done, but what are the options out there? So they will actually fund my program to come into the school to encourage these students to keep them dreaming. So, you know, there's, there's uh, definitely programs out there. I wish I had a catalog that I could just flip through no matter what state you're in. I could say, oh yeah, Georgia, here you go. Here's who you want to call. And this is what you want to tap into, but I don't. And that's unfortunately where you got to do some, some digging, but understand that it doesn't have to all fall on the PTA's shoulders if there are resources out there. So definitely encourage um, just people to do some searching and see what they find. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And that's one of the things that we've always stressed with schools, whether it's in our blog or it's our podcast, is that you don't have to fund everything. Either you can ask a local business for resources or like you said, do a quick Google search. Look for resources online where you can apply for a grant or an application. Those things don't take that long at all. Yeah. And, you know, I don't do a lot with drug and alcohol um, messaging towards students. You know, like I said, we've talked a little bit about what my focus is when I go into schools. But, you know, you take like a a program that might want to, you know, address drugs and alcohol within a school. There's actually tons of grants out there available. Uh, If you just do a Google search on, you know, anti-drug and alcohol grant, you know, schooling, you'll, you'll find tons of stuff. Now, what I do a lot of is I do do a lot of, you know, bully prevention messaging and you'll actually find grants that are targeting that. Now these are grants set up so that schools can use them to implement the the focus behind it. You know, so if it's bully prevention and your school applies for this grant to say, hey, we want to have Jared Campbell come in and talk about bully prevention and sing songs to our students, you you might fall right in line with that. And then there you go. You've got an avenue to help fund it instead of being all on your shoulders. And Wes, like you said, the the local businesses they want to do something positive for their community. And a lot of times people just don't ask, you know, it's like, I don't want to bother them or maybe they won't be interested. Well, you're never going to know unless you ask. But, you know, I think for any, you know, speaker or performer or school program, you know, typically all of us will have a website, we'll have promo video or like a promo material that you can bring to a a local business and say, hey, we want to bring this to our kids to get them to dream again or to encourage them or to build them up. Wouldn't you want to be a part of something like that? Who's going to say no, you know? So you might have to go to a few different businesses and, and kind of break it into pieces, but then you've got sponsors. You've got local sponsors that are, you know, it's a win-win because they're, they're doing good things for their community and the schools, you know, not having to have the PTA, you know, bear the whole burden there. So that's always a good thing to look into. 
I think that's absolutely right. You've given us some really great takeaways today. I think for our listeners on virtual assemblies, I really liked what you said about still being able to connect with the audience, even though you may not be there. You're able to connect by calling out specific people's names, recognizing special occasions, calling out certain classrooms. I think that's very effective, especially in these days of Zoom fatigue. Engaging your audience in that way can be really powerful. I also think that during this time, kids, uh, excuse me, schools can help kids by sharing that the kids are not alone. You know, you talked a lot about how your program shares stories about other people going through similar things. And I, I think that's very powerful and something that the schools can take away and, and use. And then finally, a great conversation around creative ways to fund performances and checking out your various state resources, as well as any grants. And I think the last and maybe most important takeaway here is that Jared, you did not become Chuck Norris, but I think that is good because there can only be one Chuck Norris. And frankly, your assemblies would have been a lot more dangerous if you were Chuck Norris. (laughs) If people want to find more information about you, tell us where they can do that. Very simple. Just look me up, jaredcampbell.com. I always used to tell students, you know, you have to have those ways of having people remember your name. And I don't know, in California, I don't know if you have these commercials, but I know here in the Northeast, I used to just tell students, hey, you know the commercial, he went to Jared, just remember Jared the jewelry store and Campbell like the soup. So, and uh, jaredcampbell.com is my website. It's got all my information on my virtual shows, you know, especially right now when you go to my homepage, that's what you'll first, that's the first thing you'll see because that's where schools are at right now. And I am setting these shows up uh, for schools all over the world, which is so cool. I, I would have never been able to reach students worldwide, but um, definitely all over the country I've been doing shows and would love to visit any school that is interested in setting something up. And I will say, we're literally not, not turning anyone away. We're working with budgets of all shapes and sizes. And I tell every school that emails me, hey, if you want to make this happen for your students, we'll find a way to make it happen. And uh, it, it, you know, we'll just form friendships all over the world with it. So it's cool. I love that. We've really appreciated getting to know you and appreciated the value you've brought to our listeners here. So thanks for being here today. You are welcome. Uh, I will ask you one question, and I don't know if this is even worth uh, venturing into, but do you want me to play you a song before you leave? Yeah, we'd love that. That That would be super fun. Okay. So Wes, you might have to, uh, I might have to, I'm going to switch my mic here and you might have to just do a quick audio test, make sure I'm not going to blow you away here. Okay, let's but do I it. Figured, because we're talking about uh, the virtual side of things and, you know, kind of how the change up with COVID has, ha- has taken us all by storm. I thought maybe I would play a brand new song. We've been talking about how do we connect still, even in this world of virtual living. And uh, I thought that I would um, play a little song here. Sorry, I, had my, I have a little vocal harmony pedal on here. So I'm going to, I got a little beat. Is that, is that blowing you away at all? Is that all right? You were like, good. You like it? Okay, cool. Are you ready for this? Cause this is going to make you feel good. I mean, you're talking about how do we connect in this world of virtual learning? Well, I wrote a song about it and the name of this song, are you ready for it? The name of the song is air hugs. Oh yeah. See, when you're you're living in a land of COVID, you can't go around hugging people, but you can always give a good air hug. Goes like this. Come on. But sometimes we can be close. 
other times there seems to be some distance like when you catch a cold yeah or if you're living in a country that is different different from me far away but no matter where you are we can always say that a good air hug will surely make your day i sing about Air hugs, everybody loves a good air hug. No matter how far from me you are, we can always come together with an air hug. Open your arms like you're giving a hug. Pretend to squeeze me nice and snug. We're bringing it together when a real hug can't be done. Yeah. I said it's all about the air hug. Ah, yeah, yeah. You know it's all about the air hug. There's a friend you haven't seen, but you connect with them virtually. Well, you can hug them through the screen, and they will feel it wherever they may be. Cause an air hug warms the heart, and makes you feel you ain't far apart. We're bringing it together no matter where we are. Yeah, says all It's not the way we're bringing it together when a real hug can't be done, yeah. I said it's all about the air hugs. Ah, yeah, yeah. I said it's all about the air hug, y'all. All right, to the bridge, ready? You could play the air guitar. You could rock the air drums. You could blow that air trumpet. Form an air band and rock along. But if you really want to smile, Show the world some love. We'll open up your arms for a little air hug. And why don't you help me sing this song? Singing air hugs, air hugs. Everybody loves a good air hug. No matter how far me you are, you can always come together with an air hug. Open your arms like giving a hug. Tend to squeeze me tight and snug. We're bringing it together when a real hug can't be done. I said it's all about the air hug. Ah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's all about the air hug. So hug it out, hug it out. Ah, <laughs> there you go. We yes. have our own sound effects. <laughs> that was amazing. Awesome. So hey, listen, when you when you're having trouble connecting virtually, you can always give an air hug. Makes the world a better place. I love it. I love it. That was amazing. Jared Campbell, everybody. Jared Campbell. <laughs> thank you. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Make sure to visit our website at themultipurposeroom.school to subscribe to this show. If you like the topics on this show, we share additional resources on our company blog at www.k12clothing.com. We'll see you next week in the multi-purpose room.